we call upon you, God, be our refuge. We call upon you, God, be our refuge. These are the prayers that bring us home with Ramona Garcia and Gay Slamka. This is John Garland, and we're exploring the Psalms, this ancient prayer book of the Bible that teaches us the spiritual vocabulary of healing, resilience, praise, and resurrection. The prayers that bring us home. The Psalms are Jesus's prayer book, and we pray them communally each day with Him and with our small group, and with the cloud of pilgrims around the world today and the cloud of pilgrims back through the many centuries. And we pray these psalms with you. We're glad that you joined us. Gay and I are going to chat a little bit about today's Psalm 91. Wow, how would you describe this psalm, Gay? Um, John, this is a psalm that I, that I know that many people have memorized and carried with them in their hearts. Um, and there's a real depth to this psalm that I think we're all going to really enjoy. Yeah, we Christians have a really complicated relationship with this psalm, <laughs> and we'll we'll talk more about that. Um, let's let's try not to get too too sidetracked. <laughs> Lean into um, this this beautiful prayer. We'll begin with this distilled prayer. Then we'll listen uh, to all of Psalm ninety one. We're praying this with uh, those who are suffering around the world today and back through all these centuries. Uh, this promise of of resurrection. And then Gay, let's let's have a conversation about it. We call upon you, God, be our refuge. Psalm 91. One who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will lodge in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to Yahweh, my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust. For it is he who rescues you from the net of the trapper and from the deadly plague. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a wall. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the plague that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that devastates at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the retaliation against the wicked. For you have made Yahweh my refuge, the most high your dwelling place. No evil will happen to you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. On their hands they will lift you up so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will walk upon the lion and cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Because he has loved me, I will save him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Amen. 
Wow, Psalm 91 said so many beautiful, powerful, lovely images of protection in this psalm. Um, this must be the most memorized psalm in the history of humanity. Next to Psalm 23, um, this, is, this must be the most memorized psalm of everyone who is going into a terrible experience or a fearful experience. Um, I've heard this psalm memorized and spoken out uh, by uh, refugees fleeing horror, um, folks coming to our church after wretched experiences, and they're just praying this psalm by memory. I've prayed this psalm every day over myself. Um, and yet we have a really, a really strained, as Christians, we have a strained relationship with this psalm. Um, but to, what what is it that jumps out to you, Gay, about Psalm 91? Well, you know, you were talking about a prayer that the, uh, this being a psalm that refugees pray. But, you know, here I'm on this trip with my parents in New Orleans and we went to the World War II Museum. And I, I really think this is a prayer that um, a lot of our soldiers have gone into battle with, too, praying for refuge, praying for protection, um, you know, go down in verse five, this, you will not be afraid of the terror by night. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. And it is a dilemma because you know that so many people who are in devastating situations are holding on to this prayer in their hearts. And yet we also know that there are going to be people who are hurt and destroyed and killed even who have prayed this prayer. And I think that's the dilemma of it, John. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's it. That, that that I had an experience um, years ago. I was in Central America. I was in I was on in Honduras, and I was visiting some churches there and um, some some families there. And one of the the caravans we hear about on the news um, uh, oftentimes was was forming in one of these towns, and there was a, ga a gathering of hundreds of people. They gather in these caravans for protection uh, because to travel alone is 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 a death sentence. Um, yeah. they, would, they would travel to protect themselves from the kidnappers and from the cartels. They would, they would gather in these groups. And someone began praying this psalm um, as they gathered in the caravan and everyone chimed in. Everyone wow. was singing this psalm uh, together, but, but in Spanish by memory. Yeah. And, I remember this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach is just a tiny percentage of them are going to make it to save yeah. so many. They're walking into suffering. They're wow. walking into violence, yeah. uh, walking into, you know, you know, soldiers um, armed um, at the southern border of Mexico. I, I, uh, yeah. And I, it was, uh, I felt almost like a, can I call it like a crisis of faith? Like, God, how can this be your word? How can you give us this prayer in your prayer book and plant it into the hearts of the vulnerable? And yet so many of them suffer. Yeah. We also, 
as Christians have a really strange relationship with this psalm because the the slanderer quotes it to Jesus. Um, this is the psalm that Matthew and Luke call him the slanderer, the, di the diablos, the diabolos in, in Greek, the one who casts a net through um, God's calling, uh, the slanderer. Um, it, it will carry, after the 40 days in the wilderness, carries Jesus up to the top of the temple, the highest point in Jerusalem, the top of the temple, and uh, looking out over the city says, throw yourself down, because is it not written? And then just quotes uh, verses 11 and 12. He, uh, God will, will order his messengers to protect you in all of your way, your, your Derek, this important word for the Christian movement, will protect you in all your ways. On their hands, they will lift you up so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. Uh, the word there is Eben, the same stone that is synonymous with the Messiah. Um, and, and then the, the slanderer says, throw yourself down. It, and it's essentially, you know, you can shortcut all of this. You can shortcut suffering. Um, and in front of everyone, uh, God will lift you up on the hands of angels and my won't they worship you then is essentially the subtext. The, how hard is it, gay, to pray a psalm that the Satan has used? That's, that's, I don't know. I don't know. That's just, I can't, I can't really grasp that, but Jesus did. He quoted it right back to him. <laughs> he did quote it right back. He did quote it right back. And in fact, Psalm 91 here is a part of a movement of Psalms. And Jesus quotes back at the Satan Psalm 95. It's in the same movement. Um, there's no real division between the Psalms. And in Psalm 95, there's this wonderful image. We'll get there. This wonderful image of like, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Don't yeah. be like these hard-hearted ones. Don't be like those who've who've um, tried to create their own God. Um, don't be like the ones who are trying to shortcut our calling. Um yeah, but this is the experience with religion that so many people have had. You know, I, 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 I would believe in God, except, you know, all these, you know, all these fake promises. You know, I, have you heard people kind of experience that, or, you know, I tried praying, but it just doesn't really. It just seems like fake comfort, or yeah. it just seems like it's. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people experience faith in that way, sort of a superficial faith of I asked for the thing that I wanted most I didn't get it uh, and therefore all this other stuff is is just a it's just a charade I don't know and then verse 14 the voice changes here doesn't it John dramatically yeah shifts from you to I, because he has loved me, I will save him. And all the way through to the end of the psalm. Yeah, so very much the voice of God speaking about the Messiah. Um, yeah. And this, I think, I think, Gay, this is probably the most important thing we do with scripture. We feel this movement of uh -huh. the voice. This psalm 
the I is not me. The right. we are not the center of this prayer. The center of this prayer is the Messiah. And then it shifts to the voice of God speaking to the Messiah. I think maybe it's really common in American Christianity, or maybe it's just common in the human experience. We center ourselves um, when it begins. When it begins at the beginning, I will say to Yahweh. We think, "Oh, that's me." Um, yeah. Or when it says, "You won't be afraid of the terror by night," we're like, "Oh, I'm not going to be afraid of the terror by night." <laughs> or you won't fall when all the others are falling. We think, "Oh, it's I'm the center of the this movie script," or "I am the center of this attention," or "I am the center." um you know of of all this this focus and that's just not true we're not um you and i are not gay our church is not the center of the story of the kingdom of god um the messiah is the savior is and the voice of this psalm is the messiah and we are just sneaking up and listening in on this prayer because of this wondrous prayer book we get to listen to the messiah crying out to God and God speaking back to uh, the, the Messiah. And the other thing is God did command the angels to bear up the Messiah. It says on your, on your hands, they will lift you up yeah. so you do not strike your foot against a stone. Um, this has so much meaning. It's that, you know, the Satan wants Jesus to jump off the temple to experience this. But Jesus understands the temple as his own body. And it's not until after the crucifixion. It's not till after um, this, this temple falls down uh, that he is borne up by the hands. And we understand this as the, as the, the resurrection power. Right, right. And certainly, certainly, you know, we see in all the gospel uh, depictions, there's an angel there. There are messengers there at the tomb, at the stone, right. the ebon, the stone that was rolled away. Um, they they are there and the ways are protected. It's not in the shortcut sort of way um, that the the Diabolos wants, um, the, the shortcut of just glorify yourself now, let everyone see. Um, but it is in the it's in the crucifixion way. It's in the resurrection way. And when we pray this psalm, if we can pray it with um, as ones who are who are echoing back and resonating with the voice of the Messiah, yeah, then we can catch glimpses of that um, resurrection power and feel um, that resurrection power in our united heart. Yeah. You know, John, it, I think to be able to pray it that way, we have to have a kind of deeper faith and spiritual maturity. Um, because I know that I have always had the tendency to take those words and, yeah, this is about me. <laughs> And then be so disappointed when, oh my gosh, I don't understand. You know, we have these, these verses and prayers that say, I will rescue you and just ask in my name. And, and, um, and I think it does send some people off in a different direction. And it does turn some people away 
and just in my my own thinking, how different we might approach this when we're walking in a community of believers and we have those who are more spiritually mature than us to to say, hey, I really prayed this prayer and it didn't turn out. And now I'm just really doubting and I'm not even sure I believe, but boy, if we had that community to help us through that, what a difference it would make in our walk. That's so helpful, Gay. I know you've shared stories in your own journey of that being in that exact. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's such a that's such a wise thing. We can cry out to God for rescue. We can. Yeah. God responds, um, but we're we're led to cry out for rescue from the shadow, from under the wings of the Messiah, sidled up right next to the one who knows the tomb the one who knows the crucifixion, the one who knows um, the feel of the hands of God's messengers. I love it. Thanks so much, Gabe. Thank you, John. We call upon you, God. Be our refuge. We call upon you, God. Be our refuge. We call upon you, God. Be our refuge. Isn't it amazing to pray with the Messiah? These ancient prayers, they were held by an enslaved people through the horrific exile in Babylon and crafted and organized and woven together into this prayer book to heal an entire nation and and the whole world. These prayers that Jesus used and lived into and unveiled and gave to us, gave to all of us through the centuries to pray together. These are the prayers that bring us home. Well, blessings, you all. We'll see you tomorrow. And until then, may the peace of Christ walk with you on your long journey home. We are all going home.